Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. This is going to be a lot of fun, folks. Want to let you know, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a nonpartisan channel hosting debates on science, politics, and religion. And so, if you're one of those sick puppies like us and you love those controversial topics, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have many more debates to come. And with that, also want to let you know, we are very excited excited for today's debate, I have linked both of the speakers, Tom Jump and Smokey, in the description. So that way, if you're listening to today's debate, this is a great opportunity to see somebody new if you haven't seen them before and to hear more from them via those links in the description. Want to let you know, we are excited, folks. We've got a couple of things we'll talk about housekeeping-wise before we jump into the format. Just want to mention, if you have not seen yet, folks, we are thrilled that we are now, Modern Day Debate is invading the podcast world. In other words, you will see on the right side of your screen, those are some of the podcast apps we are already on. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app, just let us know which one it is and we will work hard to get on there for you. So with that, we are excited, folks. This is going to be a lot of fun today for this debate. It's provocative. These guys, real sick puppies, like we said. So want to let you know, today's format is going to be fairly flexible. So it's going to be roughly five to 10 minute opening from each side. And then want to quick ask you guys, just to, as a quick reminder, who is going first? Uh, I will go ahead and kind of lead with, with a little bit of a light opening. You got it. Excellent. So the affirmative will be going first as usual. And then after that, Tom will be going. So very exciting. We will have open discussion after that and then Q&A. So if you happen to have a question, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. And if you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, it makes it easier for me to get every question in that list. Also, Super Chat is an option. So if you have a Super Chat, it gives you not only the opportunity to ask a question, but also to make a comment toward one of the speakers. Of course, they would get a chance to respond to that comment, and it'll push your question or comment to the top of the list for the Q&A. Without any further ado, one also do one last quick housekeeping thing. It won't actually be me moderating tonight. I am very excited. You've seen this guy before. Once in a while, he pops in. He is a tremendous guy. High energy. We love this guy. So very excited to let you know that Hunter from Sentinel Apologetics, he will actually be moderating tonight. I'm actually going to be stepping out as I am very excited, folks. We are going to start... We're trying to put your all of your super chats. We appreciate all that support. Patreon, every way that you support this channel, we appreciate it. We're trying to put that to work. What I mean by that is we are starting to try to reach out to some bigger names to get you more entertaining debates, more intellectual, more lively, all sorts of different types of debates on all sorts of new topics and new big time speakers. So we're excited. That's actually what I'll be doing tonight is reaching out to a lot of big names. Some of them, I mean, I won't name all of them, but I'm excited folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so want to let you know though, Hunter is 
tremendous. We love this guy. And so I'm going to hand it over to Hunter who will take us through the rest of today's debate. So I want to say a huge thanks to Hunter for being here. And Hunter, they are now able to see you starting right now. Thanks again, Hunter, for being here. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me again. Okay, so pretty much the debate are is, are atheists afraid to bear the uh, proof or the burden? Um, so Smokey, you have the floor uh, whenever you're ready. Time begins now. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, uh, sincerest thanks again to uh, Modern Day Debate Community and, of course, the audience for being here. And Tom, thank you for taking the time to do this with me. It's our first debate or first interaction. So, and for me, usually first interactions are a little bit more exploratory, but I have been listening to your debates for years and some of your positions are very interesting to me. Um, now, I, I know this is a debate, of course, about kind of a generalized perspective of worldviews and, and cultures, but I do want to kind of focus more a little bit, since you are the contender here, kind of your justification and understanding of your naturalistic, I suppose, worldview. Because, of course, in my mind, in my perspective, what we're dealing with is um, two competing models, each one vying for its place as the most co coherent explanation of our reality. Now, naturally, what this would lead me to believe is that both sides, by some extenuation, must have some type um, of burden of proof, even if it isn't necessarily revealed right away. Um, and usually this is somewhere behind our hidden presuppositions of the arguments that we tend to use to justify our worldviews. And so this is kind of one of those things that I kind of hope to be able to explore with you, also kind of maybe a little bit with your standards of evidence and whether or not you really believe you actually have any burden of proof for your worldview at all, or if you can simply justify the coherence of your worldview by attacking the coherency of all the other worldviews around you, therefore leading you with, by you know reasonable deduction, uh, law of excluded middle, law of non-contradiction, naturalism must be true. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe you could walk me through a little bit of your personal justifications for the worldview that you espouse from an ontological level. Uh, and with that, I kind of yield. Yeah. So uh, yeah, to give an introduction, yeah, this is a common a criticism of many atheists is that they don't defend like naturalism, which is usually what their position is, and instead just attack theism. And the reason they do that is because the atheist position is more that theists are just making shit up. Like they're just, here's a question we don't know, let's make up an answer to it. And the atheist isn't trying to come up with an alternative answer to the question. They're just saying, you're just making shit up. So the burden of proof the atheist really has is just showing that the theist arguments fail. That's really the only claim they're making. They're not making a further claim that there is absolutely no God or that naturalism is absolutely true. They're just saying that all of the arguments and evidence theists present are just answers we don't have or questions we don't have an answer to that theists are just making shit up. And so the only burden that most modern atheists have is just to show that the theist argument failed. They don't actually have to defend an ontological position at all because that's not really the position they're defending. The modern atheist position is just theists are making shit up. Okay. And we could though, we could absolutely uh, take a burden of proof and just defend naturalism and show that we can make shit up too and just say, oh, you want an objective basis of morality? Okay, it's an undiscovered law of nature grounded in naturalistic pantheism instead of theism. Or if you want uh, meaning, purpose, value, and answers for what created the universe, the fine tuning, et cetera, we can make up answers to those that are also grounded in naturalism. 
But the reason we don't is because that's not really the atheist position. The atheist position isn't, well, well, let's just show that we can also just make shit up and use uh, reductio to demonstrate the arguments fail. It's really just that all your arguments are crap. And that's the position most atheists are defending, which is why they don't normally take a burden of proof. It's not because they can't. It's just because it's not genuinely what their position is. Their position isn't to try to defend naturalism. It's just to show that all your arguments are just crap. And that's, so that's the burden they're taking. Okay. Do you want to repeat it one more time? <laughs> that all our positions are crap. Go ahead. I'll give yes, it to you. All theist positions are crap. You're making shit up and we can, okay. we can make shit up too. Just wanted to make sure we drilled that home there. It yeah. might, might not have been missed. <laughs> okay. All right. So is it fair then for me to simply kind of assert that I think your justifications for your worldview are quote unquote crap, or should I have to justify that assertion? Yeah, you do have to justify that assertion. So the okay. atheists do hold that burden of proof. As I mentioned, they have the burden of proof to show the theist arguments don't work. They definitely Beautiful. have that. Beautiful. They don't okay. have a burden of proof to show that naturalism is true or that there is no God. That's usually the burden of proof that theists. So would that be take. would that be your stance that kind of like you kind of err towards naturalism because all the God claims are incoherent to you? Uh, no. So Eric Ford's naturalism because naturalism makes testable predictions. It's the only thing that's been demonstrated to not be imaginary uh testable predictions can you unpack that a little bit um i'm not like sure. like the 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 testable predictions that naturalism the paradigm of naturalism predicts and proves that that the the, the type of testable predictions that proves that naturalism is true as the base model understanding of the proof of our existence of reality like because here's the thing it's fine to say natural things happen therefore naturalism works that's fine but that's not an argument to the naturalistic worldview being the explanation of the universe. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So uh, testable predictions don't prove anything with absolute certainty. Like, for example, if I have this water bottle, I can make a testable prediction that if I drop it, it'll make a sound and it makes a sound. That's reason to believe the water bottle exists. And all we have based off that is just the reason to believe the water bottle exists. We have nothing further. There's no reason to conclude there's a God. There's just reason to conclude there's a water right. bottle. And that's right. naturalism. Yeah. Naturalism is we have the water bottle. We have nothing further than the water bottle. Well, so then naturalism, you would contend, then isn't equipped to address anything to the origin of the universe or the um, origin of life. We, Like I said, those are just questions we don't have an answer to. Anyone can make up an answer to those questions that is equally justified. So any type of justification you think you have theologically is equally or better met under naturalism. But the atheist position is that we just don't know the answer to those yet. Okay, so so the I don't know of the gaps is preferable to the God of the gaps to you. Yes, admitting you don't know is always more intellectually genuine than trying to make up a solution. Always. So can you okay, that's fair. Let's let's go with that. Um can you can you pinpoint or give me an example or even just a I don't know, a hypothesis of something you could see naturalistically that would give you evidence of supernatural influence in the natural realm? Sure, any testable predictions would work. For example, if I believe there is a supernatural being X and I pray to supernatural being X for a gold brick and a gold brick appears in front of me, then uh, that, and it happens repeatedly, then that would be evidence of the supernatural being okay. X. Well, then th that would be a very, very specific type of God. That's basically like Amazon.com. Well, no, you, you, just asked if... for, you, you just asked for evidence of the supernatural. I would just imagine okay. a single supernatural. Okay, okay that's fair. Okay, that's fair. Let's let's extrapolate it back a little bit then to to an actual God claim. Is that a coherent ex expectation of a God claim? Or all the God claims? Uh, it would depend on the God claim because if you're making, you're asserting there is this thing that has these sets of properties. Well, I feel like you you're using infer, it. 
sorry if I if I might stop. No, I so yeah, like... I, I imagined a God thing in my analysis to give you an example of a supernatural being that we could have evidence for naturally. That was that's all you asked for, which is give an example okay. of some natural. Okay, thing. that's fair. And, so, and so... But, but to answer your question is that in order to have testable predictions, you have to give a definition of what you mean by God, and then we have to extrapolate from those, would there be testable predictions? Okay. Um, would a supernatural occurrence be repeatable so that it could be testable? It can be, yes. Well, wouldn't it just then be natural? No. How would it not be a natural phenomenon if it's repeatable in nature? Repeatable just means you can verify the results multiple times. It doesn't mean, it doesn't tell us anything about its ontology. So, so it can be a singular occurrence that happens to have happened in a particular box that allows it to be testable. I have no idea what you're saying here. So supernatural. Okay. Uh, so natural I'm trying things, to figure out how you could be convinced of the existence of the supernatural from your worldview. This is what I'm trying to get. At. I, I already answered that. Okay. So the answer no, is, no, I get that, but that's not a, that's not a valid, coherent expectation for the existence of the supernatural, because yes, it, it may not. Okay, so the supernatural doesn't exist until T jump sees it. No, no. The, you need some way to differentiate, is this thing imaginary or is this thing real? And the okay. method we have to do that is testable predictions, which applies to anything. So anything you think is real and isn't imaginary, you need to demonstrate with some methodology that it's not imaginary, which is the testable prediction. Well, need to testable for... predictions apply to natural things, supernatural things, well, wait a minute. omni-natural things, uber-natural things, just anything that you want to show isn't imaginary. You need the apply a methodology like testable predictions. Yeah, no, you keep saying need. Need for what purpose? Need to convince you or need to convince myself? Uh, both. So you need some way to differentiate imagination from reality. True of everybody. Every individual okay. needs for any claim that is of something that exists, you need to demonstrate it's not imaginary or have a way to differentiate imaginary from is it real? So you agree we do need to operate within the realm of the acceptance of the coherency of the laws of logic and that our universe has to be the way it is in order for us to even have this conversation. We could agree with that. Uh, too many included baggage in that. I wouldn't agree to necessarily depends well, on what you mean by all those terms. Okay. Um, well, for example, you know, if our universe had just one dime's worth of mass greater or less in it, neither of us would be here to have this conversation. Is that, is that seemingly a probability expectation of a naturalistic paradigm? No, that would just be only if we're made of mass and matter, we could be made of other natural things that don't entail those. So no. So we could exist without a universe, a universe that would have collapsed into a black hole or expanded yeah. into nothing. Yeah, I mean, we don't still exist. We don't need to be made of matter in that is affected by a black hole. We could be affected, we could be created by lots of different natural things. We don't oh, need to be. So we could be non-material life yeah. in your opinion. Sure, it's definitely a possibility. A possible, well, but, but is it a possibility you would bet on like, like that, that if our universe had manifested in any other way, life still would have essential, basically life is essential. It would have come up, come about any way possible. Cause that almost seems like what you're espousing. No, it's not anything like what I said. I said, it's possible we could be material things where we're just matter and nothing else It's possible. We're idealistic things. Where we're just some kind of consciousness essence and nothing else. I it's have no idea. A combination of, we're both of those things. How can a naturalist, an epistemological naturalist like yourself, believe that non-material things could exist? I, I'm having a well, real hard time. physicists do. So like, well, you're not, well, you're not the physicist on the table. I'm kind of asking about your perspective of how right. you're reconciling. So, so I, I usually go with the consensus of academics and in the consensus of academics of physics and cosmology, there are natural things that can exist outside of space time. There's no problem here. Uh, cons you, you, you judge by consensus. Yeah. Consensus is like one of the strongest forms of evidence in the academic field. Yeah. Interesting. 
Okay, so so at, when when Galileo was the only one saying the Earth was round, he uh, was... no, this doesn't actually apply to the past because they were didn't have the same level of information we have now. So now that we do have a certain well, that's much irrelevant, sir. Level of information, that's no, no, irrelevant. The people a hundred years from now are going to have better information, it, and yeah, still they're going to be yes. ruled by different consensus. So what point are you making? I'm lost here. That the consensus back then didn't matter. It's the consensus now that's relevant to my position. So oh, only right now, not in the right. future, not in the past. Only right no, now. I'll go. I'll go with the consensus in the future too. I'm happy with that. Okay, so we've figured it out enough at this point. You believe to be valid enough to judge on consensus. Like this is the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that uh, general relativity isn't going to be overturned by anything. We're not like if we discover a new scientific consensus, computers aren't going to stop working because of the new scientific consensus. All the things we've discovered, all the things that work as discovered by science are going to continue to work regardless of the change in the, the methodology that we apply to it. So yes, the stuff we've discovered so far is pretty reliable. Okay, this sounds like a pretty heavy assertion without much of a justification, lightly edging on hubris. Um, no, I mean, you know, I'm sorry, you're just ignorant of science, but it doesn't matter. Well, I'm not ignorant of science. I'm trying no, to figure no, out sorry, how you are let me, justifying. Let me, let me finish. So again, in science, like no, nothing that changes about the, our theories of physics are going to stop computers from working. We have testable, verifiable things we've built based off of our models in reality that are going to continue to work no matter how the science changes in the future. It's not like you can regress to a different level before then. The computers are still going to work no matter how you change the scientific okay. paradigm. I think maybe we're going to a dead end. Let's let's maybe try to backtrack if you don't mind. Let's let's take sure, back to kind of step one here. Um, what would convince you of the existence of the supernatural? Novel testable predictions. Okay. Exactly the same as any other scientific theory or any theory. What if that is an unrealistic standard for the existence of the supernatural? What if, just... let, me, let me put it this way. Let me give you an analogy and then please respond. Sure. Okay. Um, everyone in the world has a supernatural experience and it's all the same and they all relate to each other and say it was the same and it, they don't know how to explain it. And everyone in the world has this supernatural experience except T-Jump. Could you still be convinced that that occurrence actually happened, or do you require empiricism for yourself? I never said anything about empiricism, and if you said they can't explain how it happened, well, then that's the answer. They well, no, I, I'm sorry. I've happened. heard you take that stance before in other debates that that you can only judge things empirically. I no, apologize. I've never taken that position. It's never been one of my positions. Oh, I heard it in your Discord conversation. Okay, no, All it's right, never been right. any of my positions. Not with TRN and Jack Angstrich and his people nope, in the Discord server. I've never been an empiricist. I've never been a logical positivist. Interesting. Okay, I might have to repull that clip okay um well okay so so what is your standard then outside of let's say it's not repeatable in order to be testable it doesn't happen in a space where that's that's coherently possible is there any other way for you to be convinced of its existence there could be lots of ways so the criteria is you need some way to differentiate imagination from reality the one way that we know works is novel testable predictions there could be other ways that we don't know of i only know of novel testable predictions as the means that we can use so if you want to present a different one that could definitely work too as far as I know, there just isn't one. And if you don't have a way to differentiate imagination from reality, then anything you're asserting is true is you have no reason to believe it's anything more than imaginary, which means if there is some kind of supernatural thing that can't be shown to not be imaginary, then you have no reason to believe it's just not imaginary. Um, okay. I, I had a hard time pulling much out of that. Um, can you can you try a little bit simpler version of that for me? Because I sure. uh, so so anything we assert exists, it could just be something in our heads. It's imaginary. It's made up. We just unicorns, leprechauns. Okay, well, that's just an abstract, right? That right. doesn't mean it exists. No. Okay. So 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 it's it's just imaginary. It's, it's something in our head. We know that for certain. Like it could be more. It could well, be it exists as a thought, though. Can you give me that? 
Yeah, that's what okay. imaginary All means. Right. Okay, beautiful. Go ahead. So, so we have an imaginary thing in our head and we want to know, does this thing correspond to something in the world outside of our imagination? Uh -huh. And to do that, you need some way to differentiate the imaginary stuff from the real stuff. The way we do that is through novel testable predictions. We have a novel testable prediction, like if I believe there is a evolution is true or whatever, I can predict that we're going to find certain fossils of Tiktaalik located at this location, at uh, this, uh, whatever the the layer is in the geological scale and say, ah, we've, we don't know about this yet. We're going to do a test. We're going to find out if it's there, we've discovered it's there. Like, oh, it's there. Then that means that my hypothesis, which was just imaginary is highly likely to correspond to something in the world. So we now have a reason to believe that that imaginary hypothesis is described something in reality, not just my imagination. So you need some kind of method to differentiate the imaginary stuff from the real stuff. And if you I, don't I, have that, then it's just imaginary. I, stuff. I don't feel like you've actually answered my question though. Like the question could, was how could how do I tell like what would be sufficient? Like like if everyone in the universe, if everyone in the world had a supernatural experience that coincided and they all related to each other for for self validation and that's circular reasoning. You're saying they're having a supernatural experience. Like what? You're, well, it's something that would qualify. And again, I don't want to draw a line on it because for the sake of the hypothetical, I have to keep it open ended. But it's something that everyone in the world would qualify and recognize as a supernatural occurrence. That's and, and it, so again, you need some way to differentiate. Was it imaginary? Did they just imagine it or was it real? Just the fact they experienced it doesn't tell us that you need something to differentiate. Okay. Was it imaginary? Well, this is the point real? is how would you, and this is where I'm drawing and maybe you're answering the question for me right now. How would you interpret that occurrence if it happened in the world around you? Would you believe it was supernatural? Would you believe it was just some sort of mass hallucination that you weren't a part of? Uh, again, you would need some way to differentiate imagination from reality. So if all you had was testimony, no, that's just imaginary. That doesn't give us anything. So no, is the answer no? I, I'm not sure what your question is. So well, if everyone okay. had an experience and they saw Except something. Except you. Could yeah. you be convinced I could be added that in. the experience Even if happened? In, it doesn't make a difference. The number of eyewitness testimonies adds nothing to the evidence. So it doesn't matter how many people okay. see it. You need someone to differentiate. Was it a real or was it a jump? I'm not talking about proving it for the world stage of scientism. I'm, I'm talking about proving it to you. I, that same thing. Even if I was included, like the number of eyewitness testimonies isn't evidence for things that don't have an empirical basis. For example, if, if we said I saw a unicorn, um, that wouldn't be reasonable. Even if we have like, we have tens of thousands of cases of people seeing Bigfoot, uh, tens of thousands of people seeing the Loch Ness Monster, hundreds of thousands seeing homeopathy, uh, millions of people seeing magic on TV, millions seeing all kinds of these like, ghost stories. The, the number of eyewitnesses makes zero difference. Like every okay. human being in the world, I can show you a picture of an optical illusion and you'll see it moving, but it's not moving. The number of eyewitnesses isn't relevant to showing it exists in reality, not our imagination. Is it possible for you in your mind that you have straw manned all the God claims and falsified them in order to fall back on naturalism? Is that a possibility to you? No, because I don't, that's not my position. Okay. So you believe that naturalism is the best explanation for the world and the universe? Uh, given our current evidence, yes. And what evidence do you think really compels you towards that? Is it the scientific consensus? Uh, yeah, all the testable predictions we okay. have of natural things that don't exist for any non-natural. So things. the scientific realm would never be in a position, nor would they ever assert the existence or non-existence of a deity in any of their conclusions. Correct? Um, no, not necessarily. There aren't any limitations placed on science like that. Well, yeah, but for the sake of, I believe that you would believe, for the sake of the integrity of the scientific work of them adhering to the known current paradigm 
of accepted theory that they should hold an open-ended, non-asserted position as to whether or not there is intelligence behind the findings or the conclusions. I am not exactly sure what you mean. So science well, is always tentative and provisional, okay. so it doesn't make any absolute claims as far as we can tell. Right. So they'll get to a chicken and egg scenario in biology where it doesn't make sense for this to have been able to have been solved in a naturalistic paradigm, but they'll say, well, we just don't know yet. And the theists look at that and say, well, if there's no explanation from a naturalistic paradigm and naturalism has failed to explain it, then our model is more viable that an intelligent mind was needed. Right. So that's the God of the gaps fallacy where you're just making shit up past what well, we Well, you're know. just the naturalism of the gaps, though. You're in the there, same There's boat. no such thing as naturalism of the gaps. Like, <laughs> there is because you're making it, sir. No, no, it's, that's called induction. So if you see white goose, white goose, white goose, white goose, white goose, and then you have a blank and you say it's going to be a white goose, that's not a okay. white goose of the gaps. Sir, that's just induction. Um, you don't you say, know wait, 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 how wait, wait, naturalism. Not quite, yet, not quite done yet. So if you say white goose, white goose, white goose, white goose, white goose, blank, and you say it's a black goose, that's a black goose of the gaps. So what makes something a god of the gaps fallacy is that there's never been any previous evidence for it and you're just using it to fill in an unknown. Whereas if you're just using something that's already been known and filling that with the gap, that's just induction. It's not a white goose of the gaps. I, I don't so there's know no such thing as naturalism of the gaps. It's all induction. But there is such a thing as a god of the gaps because there's never been any previous evidence of a god. And you're just filling in the blank. This is god. just, I'm sorry, but this is just uh, really denial noise to me. Um, if you're do you looking, not know what induction is? I do. And I'm looking at the same scenario you are. And I'm looking at the same conclusion, the same data. And we are drawing different philosophical conclusions. Now, you can mm -hmm. argue that that's from your worldview, and that's fine, but at least accept it and say that I am judging this through the lens of a naturalistic paradigm. At least be honest about it with me. I have then, no idea what you're talking about. Like if I see okay. a hoof print in the ground right. and I say it's a horse, I, I gave you that's an not a horse of the gaps. That's just induction. I, I gave you an example of a lot of dozens and dozens and dozens of different uh, chicken and egg any, scenarios any in evolutionary theory, biology, all this stuff where there's no... Examples. Okay, sure. Um, the fact that uh, all of our testable information into abiogenesis reveals that there's no naturalistic way life could have emerged. By okay, chance. well, that's just false because the consensus is RNA. It's an RNA world is the most likely hypothesis. Uh, yeah, no, we've, we've gone into that, and there's quite a few physicists that disagree with that. Very, in physicists fact, very don't renowned matter in biology. I mean, okay. I'm sorry. Apologies, chemists. Sorry, biochemists. That's, that's okay. I mean, they can they can disagree with the consensus. Um, that's fine. It makes testable predictions. It's the one that's winning. Well, I would be interested, and I think as a rational person, I would hope you would agree with me that it would be better for us, instead of just taking their word for it, that we should look at their arguments. Well, their arguments don't matter. It's the evidence that matters. They can make novel testable predictions, which then make discoveries which have been confirmed. That's the part that why it's reasonable to believe. Wait, do you think there's no philosophy in science? I think the philosophy doesn't matter when it comes to the testable predictions. Like the testable predictions supersede everything else. Like if you, it doesn't Wait matter. Wait a minute. If you say, I'm, I believe in a square circle and you can make testable predictions, then okay, square circle. No, no, hold on. You say that you're believing in the consensus. The consensus is a conclusion of philosophy by a majority of scientists. No, okay. The consensus is the interpretation of the evidence. Yes, which is the philosophical right, conclusion right. of the evidence to what it extrapolates to. And you're accepting no. that on faith. No, it's, it's the testable, repeatable, demonstratable parts of the evidence, which then they okay. accept. Okay. Yeah. That's what verifies the actual data and evidence, sir. Yes. It's not the actual conclusion, the philosophical conclusions of what that evidence means or relates to in our universe. This is, these are two completely separate things. Right. So that's the where, remember, there's that part about you have to. Okay. So which one is the consensus? 
So remember, 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 go back. So remember, you need someone to differentiate imagination from reality. That's the philosophy part. And if you can make testable predictions, it does that. RNA has testable predictions. Therefore, a reasonable include RNA world is how abiogenesis happens. Okay. A RNA world is the naturalistic nightmare, sir. No, I mean, yeah. And if you look at the arguments, that's true. Now, what you're doing, I think you don't know the arguments. The arguments, what, again, don't matter. I'm looking at the evidence, not the okay. arguments. No, you're looking at the consensus. You know, I'm <laughs> that at you're the, not no, even no. looking at the, ar I'm sorry, at the I'm actual sorry. data. Stop, stop strawmaning me. Don't tell me what I'm looking at because I know what I'm looking at. You don't. You know nothing about me. You're I'm making an observation. Position. I'm making you're, No, an you're not making an observation at all. You don't have no idea what my research is on the RNA rule hypothesis. Do you believe it on so, consensus stop, stop, or not? Stop. No, I believe the evidence based on the novel testable predictions, which is accepted by the consensus. So the evidence, which is published in many academic papers, I've given these to many people who I've talked with about the RNA world hypothesis. The RNA world hypothesis has made testable predictions, which have been confirmed. Therefore, that hypothesis is the best one because it makes testable predictions. Okay. Can you, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, let's step back. Can we, um, can we try to hypothesize? Maybe help me with this. Let's try a thought experiment. Can you hypothesize for me outside of your gold bar example? Because that only works for a certain number of deities and would in no way uh, falsify the existence of the Christian deity or even some of the other more temperamental deities that don't feel so you know, benevolent towards mankind. So help me here. Can you think or help hypothesize for me a, a naturalistic falsifier for the existence of any deity at all that kind of pushes your worldview more towards the realm of feasibility? Uh, no, you wouldn't look for falsification. You look for confirmation, novel testable predictions that are confirmed. So you'd say that if I have a God belief of X, this God belief okay. is going to do this thing, which we will see if we so, do this experiment. If that God deity cannot possibly fall within that criteria, would you admit that you are incapable of being able to believe that it exists? No, I'm, you're incapable of demonstrating it's not imaginary. Well, maybe it is. It, it, its nature is not to do so. So therefore, but, but you then, wouldn't be you able. You are incapable of demonstrating it's not imaginary, and we're reasonable to conclude it's imaginary. Well, no, it's it's whether or not you are actually judging reality through spectrums that are actually rational in order to take to yeah, account that's, all that's possible claims. Yeah, that's a rational claims. interpretation because there's infinitely many different um, things that could fit in that gap that may or may not be testable. And if you have no way to differentiate the imaginary ones from the real ones, and they're all mutually exclusive for many of them are, then we're reasonable to conclude all of them are imaginary. And since yours is in that box, if you don't have a way to demonstrate it's not imaginary, then we're reasonable to conclude it's imaginary, just like all the infinitely many other ones. But also well, no, I, I would claim that it's not able to be empirically or testably Again, I didn't say anything about argument. empiricism. I said you need a way to differentiate imagination from reality. Okay. I use empirical verification for that. If you have okay. a different way, that's fine too. If you just have to present it. Okay. So, so the if I'm telling you that the your standard of evidence, which you've demonstrated to me, I think is unrealistic for the wait, claim that wait, is my, in my, my standard, universe. The standard that you need to differentiate imagination from reality. You think? Okay. Is, yeah. Let me. Okay. Let me bring it down to a real, real direct, specific example. Do you believe Jesus could show up to you right now? For you, sure, you, you just personally. Okay. Sure, well, possible. I don't, and I'm a Christian. Okay. So maybe you have a bad perspective of the biblical theology and you haven't actually studied it to take it into full context. So for example, no, no, I mean, it was just to stop right there. I mean, uh, the biblical theology is completely arbitrary. You can interpret it in any way you want. The log there's no logical contradiction between a Jesus who potentially existed and potentially was 
uh, God in some way. You would Don't have know. to. There's no logical contradiction there. That's you true. would have to present the theological argument for your interpretation if it's better than mine. And no, mine I just have to is... show it's not logical contradiction. If okay. It's not a logical well, contradiction, okay, sure. Mine, mine is that by the revelation of Scripture, which I go by, is that Jesus Christ has ascended to the throne of God, and the only time He's going to come back down here in the physical form is going to be for judgment. So I'm, I'm I happy know you have that assumption, but that really doesn't matter. Well, no, that's part of the claim. That's just part okay. of the claim. Okay, that's the nature of the claim. So okay. if you're expecting something outside of the possibility of the nature of the claim, then you're incapable of being convinced of that thing. That's just no, that's just simple no, logic. No, I just you just picked a Jesus thing. So if you have a particular hypothesis and you want me to give you your hypothesis a way to test it's true or not, then I'd have to know what your complete theory is to be able to do that. I don't know what your complete well, theory is. What I'm saying is that the only way you could possibly experience the Judeo-Christian God would be through a type of vision like Paul had on the road to Damascus or John had on the Isle of Patmos or well, Stephen wait, had. When, when I die, when I gonna, is, am, am I going to be judged? Well, I no, I don't know. Well, 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 you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not really going to discuss that particular component because I don't want to get into the hellfire preaching here. Well, no, no. But, so that's the point is that there, there is a test and prediction we can do for most theistic most uh abrahamic religions sure. which is if we die we're but going not to the christian yeah oh of course but that then of course is a little bit too late and that's empiricism so no, yeah no that, I, that's not empiricism but it is definitely a tacital prediction which can be confirmed okay well i think god standing in front of you is about as empirical as it can possibly get i don't know i don't know anything more empirical, empirical is sense experience i'm not sure if we have sense experience with our souls i don't think that's how it works but well in in the in the in the christian world so, so but you do, if you want if an example of how, how can i be convinced that a god exists that would be a good testable prediction after i die i'll see god in heaven he will judge me send me to hell or whatever it doesn't matter any one of those okay. that would be a good testable prediction. so you have to see god that's your standard no that's just an example there could be lots of things. Like if you said, I predict. Well, you just exists. said, this is what I need to, to believe no, 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 in God. No, I die and I example. see him. You're confusing okay. a specific example with the only example. I did not say the only possible. Okay. Example. I just gave a Give example. me another. Uh, if you say, I believe if my God, I believe in my God, I'm going to pray to him to rearrange the stars and spell out this sentence and it happens. That would be also good evidence. Also not coherent for the Christian world. I don't care either, what's coherent so. for your worldview. Well, you're you just ask. proving you can't possibly be convinced of no, the no, existence no, no, no. of the you, Christian God. Your, your personal subjective interpretation of the Bible, I don't know what that is. So I can't give you a test well, you. for your subjective interpretation. No, I, I just know. gave you the so interpretation you I have from sentence. scripture. You gave me a single particular example of what that one thing. I gave you a, a, actually a pretty overscoping Which theme of the fact that your so, expectation so I can't, I can't is unrealistic. Stop, stop, stop. I can't give you testable predictions for your belief. You have to make the testable predictions for your belief. I don't need to do anything, and yes, I particularly do. don't need to spend effort trying to convince cynical people who no, aren't no, no, able no, no, to be no, no. convinced again, again. of the existence of my God because their their standards are completely unrealistic you're, you're not to, to the nature you're, of my claim. So you need I don't a way. think you're understanding. No, no, sir. I understand perfectly. So you need a way to differentiate is your God belief an imaginary thing made up in your head that's complete bullshit, or is it a I don't need to world? substantiate yes, that to a cynical person sir. No, no, i'm not saying to me i'm not saying substantiate to me i'm saying substantiate to you if oh i you, have if i you have don't, I'm, stop interrupting so if you don't have a way to differentiate is this just an imaginary thing made up in your head or is it real in the world then you have no justification to believe sure. it's not just an imaginary i'd agree with that sure i agree with that so if you want a testable prediction or whatever from your worldview then you would have i don't, to provide. I I don't, don't know need. what your worldview is i can't i don't have that type of incoherent standard for no, no, my no, I'm not, I'm not saying you do. i'm not saying you do so again that's not what i'm saying i'm saying if, if you want to be able if, if you want your worldview to be able to convince me or anybody else 
by creating testable predictions, you're the one who knows your worldview. You would, you would be the one who would know what kind of testable predictions we could expect. I don't know your worldview. I can't look into your mind and look at the consequences and then infer here's going to be a testable prediction. I don't know your worldview. I can make testable predictions for lots of other worldviews that I do know, and they're perfectly coherent. But I can't like psychically read your mind to know what your worldview is to be able to make a testable prediction from your worldview. It doesn't work that way. Uh, okay. That sounds like just a whole bunch of words you, you that aren't even addressing like, what wait, I said. But no, no, you keep asking me to give a testable prediction to. Sir, you're the your one worldview. saying your worldview is coherent. No, 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 no. no. You, you keep asking me to give you a, to give an example of a tested prediction that would confirm your worldview. I don't know what your worldview is. I can't do that. I can't okay. read your mind. Let me, let me, let me try and make this as simple as I can in, in terms of the naturalistic paradigm. Okay, well, you're well, saying nothing to do with the naturalistic paradigm. It, it is. Let me finish. Psychology. Let me finish. Okay. If you're saying my view of a non-theistic universe, I'll even go ahead and take naturalism out of it for it if you want. My view of a non-theistic universe is more coherent than the view of a theistic universe. Now, what I'm looking for is, is not, was not only the justification for it, which seems to be a mix of a couple different things, but also kind of trying to understand, would you even be able to be convinced of certain God claims by the nature of the claims themselves? Is your expectation of evidence in your non-theistic paradigm realistic to be able to actually extrapolate whether or not there are God claims or you've just falsified a few and think you've called it the day? So again, what you're saying doesn't have anything to do with my position. So again, my position is, is you need some way to differentiate imagination for reality for any claim of anything that exists. If you don't, if you can't do that, you're reasonable to conclude it's imaginary. So for okay. any God claim, if you can't differentiate between is it imaginary, is it real, then it's reasonable to conclude it's imaginary. So, so if, when if your God claim, whatever it is, can't, doesn't have a way to do that, then it's imaginary. So when I look at something, just as an example, like the realm of abiogenesis and the idea of simple protein, molecule synthesization and protein strands. And I see that it requires chirality. It requires all left-handed amino acids to be used in order to form any of these functional protein strands or protein molecules. And I happen to know from what has been explained through the consensus of science, as you like to quote to, that there is no naturalistic explanation for how this all left-handed uh, amino acids could be handpicked and selected in a naturalistic setting on prebiotic earth in order to lead to the first molecule. It's nonsensical from a naturalistic worldview. Therefore, that is evidence to me of the infusion of some type of intelligence. Now, am I completely off the rocker here? Yeah, you're completely insane. Okay, help one, me. So it's a one, it's a god of the gaps, and two, it's just ignorant of the science. So, for example, if we have two hypotheses, one is that um, the abiogenesis occurred by intelligent design, and one is abiogenesis occurred by natural processes, we say, well, if it occurred by natural processes, we can make predictions. Like we will find there are certain naturalistic processes that will produce uh, certain enzyme patterns, certain reproduction, certain self-reproducing RNA patterns, and we will find them under these conditions and do these experiments and they will produce these things. And if we can do that consistently, then we have a novel Tesla prediction about the abiogenesis hypothesis from the RNA world theory that makes it reasonable to believe that over the alternative because it makes testable predictions where the alternative doesn't. So we have one reason to believe this one is not imaginary, but we have no reasons to believe the intelligent design. Um, 
I don't know how showing how they will testably how existing things will testably react that says anything about their origin. I'm not understanding the argument. Oh, okay. Do you understand what the cosmic microwave background is? Yes. So if we look at the, the, the temperature levels of readings of things that our universe, we can infer that from the things we see today, we can infer how they formed in the past by saying they, you know, expanded. And there's this thing called goose inflation where they expanded it for a very quickly over a brief period of time, which then makes predictions that we would see certain kinds of patterns in the CMB, and those were confirmed, which makes it reasonable to believe that Goose theory was correct. So you don't actually need to see the origin itself to be able to predict the consequences of it. So if we can predict the consequences of how uh, natural processes can form self-reproducing uh, chemical bonds like RNA, and we can infer, oh, that's probably how it happened in the past. We can okay. the same way we do it with the CMB. Or oh, just so I can simplify. So because some things can happen naturalistically, you believe all things happen naturalistically? No, because we can make testable predictions. Like if we assume, let's assume it started and didn't. Well, no, 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 no. I remember we were at the example of the protein synthesis. Right, right. And you said it happened. It happened because we can do testable predictions inside this paradigm. I'm not, and I'm not sure understanding. So, so we start with the hypothesis, which is something you just assume. You can't prove it yet. You say, if my hypothesis is true, that RNA or that abiogenesis is, comes about by natural processes, then we can make the prediction that if it's the RNA world hypothesis, another thing, then we would see these specific kinds of interactions happening under these specific circumstances, like uh, RNA patterns being formed on clay that are, can be self-reproducing and produce uh, corpuscles to bind the cell. And we look and we do the experiments, and we say, oh, yes, we do see this occurring naturally. So that hypothesis, the one that we started with, it's natural, RNA world makes predictions which were confirmed. And now we have a reason to believe that hypothesis isn't imaginary. Okay. Um, this is, if, if, if I could just share a quick quote uh, with you for this, because um, okay. I, I know you do like to lean towards consensus as your justification, but just maybe just listen to this real quick. Um, Charles Carter is a structural biologist at the University of North Carolina, has presented evidence that RNA molecules alone would not have been sufficient for all of the processes needed to initiate life on Earth. Now, if he and several others, many others, are coming to the same type of conclusion that there's a stopgap of an explanation of any type of potential naturalistic explanation to this, is that not sufficient enough to believe that potentially, potentially, uh, intelligent agent needed to be included to make this happen? Well, no, absolutely not, for two reasons. One, let me read you a quote. Sure. Um, one day soon, Sutherland says, someone will fill a container with a mix of primordial chemicals, keep it under the right conditions, and we will watch life emerge. That experiment will be done. This is an academic paper from New Scientist of a Professor. Ooh, that's quite a one. prediction. <laughs> yeah, and it's followed by 30 academic papers where they've made consistent testable Well, can we have something about what it is right now, not what someone thinks is going to happen in the no, near so future? No, so this is followed by 30 their... scientific papers of testable predictions. Well, yeah, but that's someone's... Confirmed. Okay, that's fine, but that's someone's so, religious so you statement. Wanted, you wanted a quote from an academic, like, this no, is No, I just don't want a religious statement about conjecture to no, the No, no, that's, that's I'd, actual I'd like scientific something... papers. So again, as I said, this is followed okay. by 30 scientific papers. Okay, well, read the part that's exactly, actual science. Okay, read the part uh, that's actual science. In 2003, Hiroka Suga, now at the University of Nona, created an RNA enzyme that could oxidize alcohol from one cofactor called NAD+. That was one of the testable predictions. Um, here's another one. The uh, MRC Laboratory of Molecular and Biology in Cambridge University and College unveiled an RNA enzyme called TC19Z. It can 
reliably copies RNA sequences up to 95 letters long, another testable prediction. You can just go through all of these do, papers okay. that do make you, testable predictions, which confirm it true. And the consensus is, okay. yes, it's natural. The vast are you, majority, okay. it's are all you, natural. Okay. There was a second hey part. Guys. Hey guys, let me, uh, let me just butt in just a little bit though, because you know, because uh, what we're going on to, um, back to the actual like with the topic of about the burden of proof and everything. Sure. Yeah. I was I was I was going to ask you know to kind of go along with the idea of consensus. Um, is that a sense uh, like T Jumps? You make the argument that that is a proof that is evidence because it's peer reviewed and everything, right? Yes, peer reviewed okay. evidence. Sure. Okay. So, um, Smokey, for the idea of consensus, um, would you? So the idea is pretty much on the idea of consensus with proof. What is the problem with consensus as being proof? Uh, since that is typically the idea of what the proof is, since T-Dump is making Because that I think it's more, proof. yeah, because I think it's more feasible and more realistic, more practical, and honestly more rational to go look at the actual arguments, not just sit and say, well, the consensus of these guys have figured it out. I don't need to know the arguments. They, 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 they believe it, so that's good enough for me. I just don't that's think not, that that's a practical yeah. position to take. So, so the position is, is that the people who are experts in the field who are actually qualified to evaluate the arguments have evaluated them and come to this conclusion. Your personal interpretation, which you're likely to be wrong significantly more than them, is less, is crappy evidence. So and if I look at the evidence and try and make a conclusion off of my interpretation, that's crap. But if the experts in the field do it, that's probably probably right. So what's more likely okay. that all of the experts who are trained in the field for their entire lifetimes got it wrong, or you made a mistake? What so is that you made a mistake? Was my quote right or wrong to you? What? My right quote that wrong? I read, was that right or wrong to you? Oh, that, yeah, the second part I want to address, it's wrong because you can't just say it can't be a natural process. You can only ever say it can't be a known natural process, which is what all the scientists are saying. Like, we don't have a known natural process that can account for these things. Right, no, I agree with that. And that's what I'm saying is that you, to but, me, but that means it's, that it's the naturalist saying, we fill this with naturalism because some natural things can be tested. So therefore, all these things must be natural. And if we haven't found an explanation for the natural yet, well, we're just going to have faith that someday we will. No, again, it's induction. If we have natural solution, natural solution, natural solution, natural solution, and we have a blank, and we look in the past, they, oh, they've all been natural solutions of the past. It's inductively valid to conclude, oh, the next one's going to be a natural solution. But, isn't right. they, uh, that's but I'm talking about the ones the at the beginning, not the ones that happen after. You're kind of using the ones after right. to no, justify no, 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 the no. ones I'm just, I'm just using all of the scientific discoveries we've ever made in humanity. They've all been natural. So the next discovery we don't know yet, regardless of what it's going to be about, is also it's reasonable to assume it's going to yeah. be natural. I don't so ever like, believe science would discover something supernatural through any type of testable, reputable process at all. I don't think that's okay. a feasible so, so or realistic So then you're admitting you have no reason to believe supernatural is anything. No, I'm just saying that your standard is unrealistic, and, and I think it's not something okay. that's rational to hold to. Okay, so you're admitting you have no reason to believe that supernatural I'm admitting according to your standard? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, for okay, your you standard, which I think is irrational, way? yeah. Do you, do you have a different way to differentiate imagination from reality? Yeah, well, I extrapolate from reality that an improbable universe, the way that it is, happening to manifest the way it is, with us being here, with all of the stop gaps in our evolutionary biology that seem to ring true to the essentiality of some sort of intelligent agent, yeah, this is the more reasonable uh, model of reality for me to extrapolate. You're saying my model's better but I'm not yet hearing too many arguments to justify that. So, so that's the textbook definition of a God of the gaps. Here's something we can't explain, therefore God, but that's well, not actually evidence of God. You can keep saying that to me, but I'm just going to keep saying you're naturalism of the gaps. So this Which is I a relevant that conversation. So you, can, you, can just, you can show you don't, you're an ignorant of 
induction, but you can you can keep saying that if you want. But I've already shown. Well, you're point. assuming so, naturalism so, so again, did it when there's no way to explain that at all, and likely no, no, no. I already I didn't do this. it. So, so just use a simpler example. If we see a hoof print in the ground, we can say, oh, it's a horse because we've seen lots of horses in the past. And we say that hoof print's probably caused by a horse. That's called induction. It's reasonable. Okay. But if you said that hoof print's called by a unicorn, Jump, this says and, oh, to... there's lots of things we can't explain about it. Maybe it's a funny shape. Oh well, so it maybe it could, I don't know. I don't know if a horse could All explain right. that. Maybe it's too big for a horse. So it's a unicorn. You can't do that. That's logically <laughs> invalid. That doesn't work because just saying, well, we can't explain something about the hoof print doesn't give you the right to conclude it is a different thing we have no evidence for. First, okay. you have to demonstrate that other thing in a different context before you can use it as an explanation of the unknown. Sure. You would never be able to know if it was a unicorn, though, ever. Never be able to know. Then you have no reason to believe it's not imaginary. Exactly. But, but if said. it was, you would never know. And, and you would never imagine that it was so. And you would never even question the possibility that it was so. And you would never look for extra evidence to see if it was possibly so. so no, you, that's wrong. We would absolutely look for all of the evidence. Oh, you would look for evidence it was a unicorn if you saw a hoof print. Sure, if you actually provided some. <laughs> All right. Okay. Get, okay. That, that's the thing. You have to demonstrate that your nonsense. Is I do, sir, I don't have to do well, anything. That's exactly what you have to do. Especially Otherwise, for these standards, these standards yeah, of standard evidence of, that you espouse, I don't certainly have to do anything. My standard of differentiate stuff you've made up in your head with reality. Honestly, no, just the way that standard. you oh, require unrealistic yeah, methods. Unrealistic that you demonstrate is not shit made reality. up in your head. That's so un unfair. Okay. Well, I don't think we're going to go much further. Maybe we should move to questions, Hunter. I, I think, I think we've kind of taken this to its full end. Yeah, okay. Um now well okay, well thanks guys for that conversation. It was interesting. I actually wanted to get in it just a little bit just to kind of steer the conversation, but it was still actually pretty good um and informing. Uh let me ask this concerning with the idea of um you know imaginary versus um you know realistic. Uh T let me just ask you this, you know, uh what would you use to differentiate from imaginary to uh realistic in the natural world novel testable predictions same as science okay so in other words science for everything uh science for everything that's demonstrated something about reality there's other things like conceptual stuff you don't need science for like language math logic those you don't need novel testable predictions for because they're not claims about reality they're claims about languages and stuff in our head so that's okay. why i'm not that's why i reject logical positivism because i'm not saying that the only kind of knowledge is uh, synthetic about the world you can also have knowledge about things in our head like language and you don't need empirical verification for that so i'm not saying empirical verification is the only way to gain knowledge it's just the only way to gain knowledge about things independent of our imagination gotcha and smoky just a question for you about consensus uh would you say that in order to change consensus you would have to have a really uh good argument that's better than what the consensus has uh, I think it would have to be a lot more than that. I think you're threatening uh, the peers that you're going to put your paper in front of. You're threatening their political positions, their livelihoods, their reputations, their life's work. Y you would have to have something pretty darn stinking airtight that would be probably beyond any um, potential uh, actual legitimate criticism um, or critique or doubt. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that type of thing has ever passed. So I, I kind of feel like the scientific community is a bit like a train on the railroad tracks. It's just going to go where it's going to go. We're not going to we're not going to find a way to switch that track. You know, it, even if we do come up with really, really good argumentation that might kind of torpedo the consensus, the consensus is always going to fight being wrong. And that's because it's still built of a bunch of humans that have a bunch of careers and livelihoods to protect as well. You know, I think atheists put a little too much faith in 
the integrity and sanctity of the scientific community and that it can't possibly be swayed by politics. I don't think that's realistic. Except it's been proven. Like it's been Oh, yeah, that's been proven. Okay, yeah, Tom, like, sure. Okay. Like, yeah, uh, right. Niels Bohr showed that. Uh, I'll wait for your reference. Things, like Einstein showed okay. that spice time can bend, and that was against the consensus. Yeah, no, no. There's lots of things that are said that aren't necessarily proved that are just conjecture. And and pretty much anything what? anyone would espouse about multiverse theory would be prone I didn't, to that. I said, I said space time can bend. That is was against the consensus. That was against what every physicist sure. believed was possible. Exactly. And they all changed their minds yep. in about a six month period also believe that particles behave like particles and then we got into quantum mechanics and realized right. oh wait they also kind of behave like waves and they be behave like particles only when we're looking at them you know it's yep, very interesting yep, which stuff. was completely contrary to everyone and they all had to just give up their beliefs i really love changed. me some sean carroll <laughs> so yeah it's, it's happened pretty regularly okay beautiful all right hunter anything else you're muted he's, he's muted there. You're muted, sir. Sorry. I didn't realize I was muted. Sorry. There you Sorry. go. Bad moderation there. <laughs> it's okay, all cool. good. James does it a lot, so you're going to be forgiven because you've only done it once for a short window, so you're fine. There you go. Okay, well, awesome. Well, uh, you know, I just wanted to ask those questions just to kind of like, you know, get a little bit more in there. But cool. So um, I don't know where James has gone, but what we can do is we can try to go to the Super Chats. So if you guys have any more of the Super Chats, please uh, go ahead and send them in. And we can try to get to them as much as we can. Let me try to see if I can actually get to them real quick. Give me just one moment. And by the way, also, don't forget that there is an after show with, let me try to see. I saw it's John Maddox, Logical, Plausible, Probables channel. He's doing an after show right after the debate. I will stop in for a light little word. I am kind of exhausted, but I will try to stick it out as long as I can in his after show if people have questions or comments. Awesome. And TJ, of course, you're invited too. And Absolutely. I might, <laughs> and I might go, might not. We'll see. But cool. Awesome. So thanks again uh, for that, guys. Uh, we are right at the 45-minute mark too. Um, which is funny, you know, because 10 minute openings and everything. But let me just go ahead and try to get that. And while we do that, give me just one moment, please. And let's see here. Now, do y'all have any other comments or anything y'all want to make, like any closing statements? Uh, you know, Smokey, if you have a closing. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take a few minutes. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think what I've struggled with, and just so everyone kind of knows, you know, I am someone who rationalized their way out of atheism i didn't have some supernatural experience or some real you know legitimate come to jesus moment I, I mean i would have a come to jesus moment i would have some really strong personal spiritual verification in my own life which i know would never be any type of evidence worth mentioning to a secularist which is why i don't bother but for me it's a very dynamic real thing so when i look at the secularist worldview attempting to kind of presuppose their naturalistic paradigms and yet kind of deny the seeming indirect uh, presuppositions that they're presupposing in order to make their claims even functional, I start to get a little weirded out because it doesn't even seem like rationality anymore. It doesn't seem like skepticism. It seems like cynicism. It seems like irrationality. It seems like religious zealotry to cling to the potentiality of naturalism, no matter how improbable it seems to continue to be. Um, I've kind of used an example a few times that in my perspective of how the naturalists or the atheists are viewing reality, they're kind of like the shooter at the craps table. 
And no matter how many times that dice comes up, all sixes every single time, they never seem to catch on that the dice or the table might be rigged. The rest of us stop and think and say, wait, something's going on here. This level of incredible you know, order in this improbable universe just happen, happening to man randomly manifest seems incoherent. The dice must be loaded. The universe looks like it's tinkered with. This gives me evidence to a conclusion that there is something else out there that I should probably be compelled to look for. The naturalist seems to just stop dead before any of that and say, well, there's a few things in nature that work naturalistically, so I can just assume everything works naturalistically. And I don't think that's a good argument. I think it's circular. I think it's fallacious. I think it doesn't land. And it just shows that ultimately atheism to me is kind of, if not incoherent, indefensible and potentially unfalsifiable. And as I kind of felt like I demonstrated tonight, T-Jump's standard for the existence of some deities isn't even to me even realistic, even if in, within the realm of realistic expectations. So, you know, to take his arbitrary standard as the methodology to interpret the existence of deities or even the supernatural, I think is irrational, untenable, religious, and a little bit close-minded, I yield. All right, yeah, so, yeah, so for my closing, um, his arguments are just the typical God of the gaps. He wants to blame science for his own inadequacies. Uh, science doesn't presuppose anything. It just says, here are the tools we have. We're going to combine them in different ways and see what we can get. And if you, you need some way to differentiate imagination from reality, and if he thinks that's an unreasonable standard, then he's just delusional. You need to, we know that our, mains, our brains make stuff up all the time. And so we need some way to filter out all the stuff we've made up and leave what's actually real. And so in science, what we do is we show, we use the pieces that have already been demonstrated to exist are not imaginary, the things that we know are real. And we combine them in different ways to build new models of reality and then make use those to make testable predictions and then discover whether or not those are true or not. But if you want to just put in this new thing that has no basis of, in reality, that's never been shown to be real, say, oh, it's a unicorn or a god or a fairy or magical leprechauns, well, then you need to make novel testable predictions to demonstrate those things aren't imaginary, just like we've done for everything in science. Just asserting that here's something we can't explain and that can be explained by magical fairy gods isn't, isn't evidence. It's just here's an unknown, we don't know how to explain it, and we're going to make up a solution to it and assert it with nothing more than just what we imagine it to be the case. And science doesn't accept that because we know that methodology fails 100% of the time. You can't just make stuff up for solutions we don't have an answer to and just insert your imagination as if it's evidence. There's lots of stuff science hasn't answered. There's lots of questions we don't know the answer to. But the correct way to get the answer is to pursue the evidence. We, we, make, we combine things we know exist and make testable predictions to show that they're not imaginary. If you can't do that and you can't show your hypothesis isn't just an imaginary nonsense that's been made up, then we have no reason to believe it. And that's why we require science and don't just accept fairy tales about uh, supernatural things. Awesome. Well, thanks guys so much for that. And pretty much what we're going to do is go to the live chat, uh, the super chat, I mean. And the first question that comes up is for... Smoky, and by the way, guys, thanks so much for the super chats. You know, it's really appreciated. If you guys have any more questions, uh, go ahead and put them in there if you like. Super chats are definitely first, so go ahead and send them in if you want. Uh, the first question is for Smoky, and he it is from Nathan Artwork, and he asked Smoky, what is your definition of atheist? Uh, you know what? I really try to stay away from that because it's become a hot button issue in their own community. So I let them 
I let them define it for me and then I'll operate with their definition. That's what I prefer to do. I don't prefer to take, I used to do that. I used to take a definitive stance on what epistemologically and philosophically it should mean, but I'll, I'm going to say this. I do lean towards uh, Steve McRae. I believe that he is very, very philosophically literate and stands strong on his understanding of the definition and how it should be used. But in terms of just common communication, um, I will let each individual use their own definition. Awesome. And TJ, do you have any response to that or anything like that? On no, I would agree. That? I think that you, to define the atheism, you should ask the person you're talking to and however they define is what you should go with. If it's, if they're the atheist, you just ask them what they mean by it. And that's the same thing for God. If you like, what do you mean by God? You should ask the person who believes in God instead of just trying to make up your own definition because it'd just be a straw man. Gotcha. Okay, great. And also, well, let me just go ahead and humble myself. I'm actually trying to get to these super chats. That's okay. Take your time. You're doing great. This is, is this your first time, by the way? No, it is not. Oh, okay. Well, then you don't have <laughs> that excuse. No, you're not doing that great then. <laughs> well, you know, you learn as you go. Failure exactly. As Yoda said, failure is the best teacher. So, there you go. There you go. But, but yeah, if you guys actually are able to get to the super chat for me, that would be very helpful because my computer is actually. Oh, VM. you know what? Yeah. In fact, I can go and pull it up. I think. Can I? Awesome. No. Well, I can only go back so far though. I think, I think that's my problem. Uh, but let yep. me try. Let me try. Yeah, I can only see two of them right now. The smoky. What's your definition of atheist? Well, that's a newer one. Don't miss the after show link in the chat for uh, John Maddox. Yeah. I um, think we're going to only be able to see the newer ones on our side. I think. Do you hate right. raging atheist because he dated your mom? Kent Hovind. <laughs> what was that one? Do Do you hate raging atheist because he dated your mom from Kent Hovind's TV? <laughs> do I even want to know? No, we we have a thing going on. It's 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 interesting. <laughs> Nathan artwork says, uh, "I asked because you said you were an atheist. Like, did he ask me or did he ask you?" What was the question? Uh, Nathan Artwork, who asked, Smokey, what is your definition of atheist? Says, the reason he asked, I asked because you said you were an atheist. Wait, what? Like, you were an atheist in the past. What was your definition? Oh, of my. Oh, okay. No, they were specifying that. Yeah, no. At, when I was an atheist at the time, I believed I had good reason to disbelieve in the existence of a God. I believe that the uh, atheistic claims that had been presented to me were all incoherent or contradictory. Therefore, the claims themselves falsified them out. And I was not interested in trying to believe in any type of deistic, non-personal God. So I ended up personally leaning towards atheism. And I, I actually did, I will admit, uh, probably on an epistemological level, I did, if I'm being completely honest, balance myself going back and forth between atheism and agnostic at certain times, I'm sure. I hope that helps clarify. And that would be if I was using kind of, that would be if I was using kind of more Steve McRae's approach to what the definitions of atheism are, if that's, if that's how I was approaching it. Gotcha. Okay, great. And let's see if I'm able to actually get any more. Uh, do you see any more? Uh, I didn't see any more. That was the last one I saw. Uh, James just saw my message in Facebook, so maybe he's coming back soon, hopefully. Yeah, um, because he would. He actually has um, access 
to the studio, which has all the super chats. Um, I, on the other hand, don't. I was literally going by the chat itself and trying to literally get them all. But of course, I wasn't able to because I just suck. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, not really. But anyways, um, so what I'll do is I'll definitely try to get to those super chats. Sure. But again, um, thanks, everybody. Oh, go ahead. Should we should we try to fill some conversation while you can? Or I mean, how do you want to do this? Well, I was actually going to mention that um, if you want to try uh, and find, you know, both of our debaters as well as my own link, uh, all of it's in the description as well. Um, you know, if you want to check out T Jump's channel, uh, his link's in the description. Also, uh, there is a link for Smokey uh, that you can also check out. And then, of course, there's my link to my channel um, if you're interested in, you know, academic sides of things that we try to do there. Um, all links are at the description. If you guys want to ever go try it out also for uh, support, like, and subscribe as well. If you're new to the channel, uh, if you like these kind of debates, uh, just, you know, go ahead and hit the uh, subscribe and hit the notifications for us as well. So that you can be updated on what's going on. And, you know, thanks guys already who are subscribed to us and everything. And that's all I have with that. And whenever James is able to get back, we'll be able to shut this thing down because, he still has controls. I don't. I'm just moderating. So. Oh, this is funny. <laughs> We're all trapped together. I love it. <laughs> James, <laughs> outstanding. I love yeah. it. So, so what do we want to talk about, gentlemen? <laughs> well, we could actually go back into the debate in the very question: Are yeah. atheists yeah. afraid to bear the burden okay. of proof? <laughs> okay. And the answer is no, because they just don't bear the burden of proof. Theists want yes. them to bear. Yeah, well, they, they don't bear the burden of proof seemingly because they, they just don't feel compelled to. I mean, but that's a subjective decision. Who are you to arbitrarily decide that you don't have any burden of proof if, if another big chunk of the population and you're claiming you know belief through consensus is saying, hey, bro, reassess? I think really um, the it's, idea... It's pretty I, simple. I the, it's just that if there is a something we don't know and you're claiming X did it and we're saying we don't know what did it, then you hold the burden of proof we don't. Well, now you said something interesting there. You said, you know, we don't know what did it. Yep. Okay. So it could be a god. It could be not god, right? Yeah, it could be a magic pixie leprechaun. Well, <laughs> is that just as probable as the other two possibilities? Yes, it's equally as plausible as god. Yeah, that's for sure. It's probably more really? plausible than a god, yeah. So the, the, the existence of magical, nonsensical pixies, fairies, which we know are just abstracts of modern culture that we've invented, these things are more coherently possible than the existence of a god. That we also know is a magical, made-up, non-coherent fictional. But you don't know that. Culture. You don't know that. We have equally as much support that fairies and leprechauns are. There's, there's no greater reason. Well, that's that your arbitrary happen. judgment. Are you no, an expert no, that's, on that's that? No, that's just the objective measurement of how we determine evidence by everyone. Well, how you determine evidence. No, it's just, it's just science. Like, you don't get an opinion on it. Well, I yeah, I don't, I don't judge you things. You can disagree with science, science if you want, but I'm going to go with Well, no, I don't, dis I don't, I just don't decide that I think it's a good idea to interpret reality through scientism. I, I didn't say anything about scientism, so good. Well, that's kind of what you're relying upon, no, isn't it? If, if no, science doesn't no. prove it, there's no reason to believe it, right? Nope, I never said that at all. I said you need some way to differentiate imagination <sighs> from reality. See, this is... Does that. <laughs> yep. You sure can. Welcome back, James. <laughs> we missed you. Pardon my delay, folks. Uh, crazy stuff, but... <laughs> what...
Um, my guess is you already did that backup plan that I mentioned, Hunter, right? Cut your breath, actually, sir. <laughs> actually, I was um, I didn't get a chance to because the guys were talking, and I didn't want to interrupt because it was getting pretty you know meaty again. So pretty much for the people who did send in a super chat, if you can simply just send it as a normal question to at Modern Day Debate, and we'll be able to get to those super chats as soon as you put them into the chat for us. So we can go through it that way and try to get to all of them at once. Definitely. And so, yeah, long story short, if we ever can't access the Super Chats, which does happen sometimes. So, for example, like sometimes I don't know why it is, but YouTube has been dropping the ball with it. And what I will do is we usually just say, oh, hey, friends, like, sorry, we don't know what's going on. But if you're able to, as a normal chat, if you're able to, as a normal chat, just tag us with, Modern debate, or in this case tonight, Sentinel Apologetics, and and just in a normal chat, say, hey, so sorry, you know, or uh, hey, you missed my super chat. I said this. Would you please read it? And then we'll just read it for you. And so, sorry about that, folks. It has been a wild one tonight. I haven't had this much of a frazzled. Anyway, enough about me. So thanks for <laughs> your patience, folks. I'm gonna see if I can get them open right now, and in the meantime. You probably saw those two that just flew in now, Hunter. So really do appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jungle Jargon and Roadstar. I'll let Hunter read those off. Thanks so much for your help, Hunter. And I'll be opening up the uh, Super Chats in the studio if I can. Yeah, actually, um, I, they're not loading up for me. So if you want to... Uh, yeah, I, I got them. So Jungle Jargon asks, okay. how do you define God, T-Jump, and do you know how we define God? So I define God as a non-physical mind that created the universe, uh, created everything other than itself, essentially. I, by we, if you mean Christians, I assume like uh, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, conscious, personal being who created Jesus and rose him from the dead kind of a definition. And the second one was right. from Roadstar1602. Uh, T-Jump, good on you for putting up with BS calmly. Thank you. Oh, snap. You guys can't see me right now. Oh, you can. Okay. Uh, yeah. So don't worry. James, nobody. James, <laughs> nobody. Go ahead and share your screen. No. Okay. So James, put some clothes on, James. It's hot out. Okay. So we are very excited to read your questions. Thanks, folks. Really appreciate your patience. And yeah, Hunter, uh, I I suppose you're. Oh, that's right. If you're using your phone, you might not actually be able to open the live chat, right? Um. What do you mean? Well, like as people send in super chats, you could always just check the live chat and then read them off from there too. But like, yeah, if you're on your phone, it might be you might oh, not be able to do does that. The live chat go all the way up to the beginning? No, it doesn't. Yeah, do no, no. We we were trying to do that, but we can only see like so far. Like YouTube doesn't let us pull it up all the way back to the top. That's, right. Um, yeah. Definitely. So uh, I'm talking about the ones that come in right now. Those last two. But... Oh. Yep. I can oh. see those. Yep. And then. From the last ones, what I will do is I will send a. Uh, it's not loading for me. Give me a sec, folks. Sorry about that. Okay, <laughs> so in the meantime, me in the meantime, how about we do this? For any of the ones that we had not gotten to read, sorry about that, folks. If you could do a favor and just tag Sentinel Apologetics and just say, "Oh, hey, my super chat was this," and you they would actually not... at they would actually be at Hunter Bailey. Hunter Bailey. You bet. So if you want to uh, uh, give a at uh, Hunter Bailey and then just let Hunter know what your super chat was. Sorry about that, folks. I have no idea what it is, but for some reason when I try to, when I click the see all button, 
it doesn't let me do that. So, so uh, Matthew Steele just sent in a super chat, uh, $5 for James. Here's a tip for your stripper. Thank you, Matthew. That's All right. the kind and of positivity also, we need around here. <laughs> so go ahead. And also, um, Aaron um, Charter, uh, sorry if I butchered that, he said, ask Smokey if half of the world believed in the supernatural and the other half did not, which side would you choose um, oh, with, no priors, with no priors provided? Iron, you know, you, <laughs> I love Iron. He likes to come into my chat and ask dumb questions all the time. Yeah, I, I think I made it clear in the debate that I don't particularly judge through consensus. I want to see the arguments. I want to evaluate the claims. But thanks, Iron. Appreciate it. All righty. And for uh, Tom, here's one from W.G. Williams. He says, Tom, how can the hypothesis that the origin of life was created by purely natural means be falsified does not intelligent design ID serve that i'm sorry serve that null hypothesis purpose uh if not what is the null hy hypothesis no the null hypothesis is either p or not p so it would be uh either it was designed by naturally or not designed by naturally it doesn't tell you what it actually did do so the intelligent design would be an additional hypothesis it's not either natural or design there's infinitely many other things that it could be that we just don't know about yet it could be determined it could be random processes it could be anything it could be the supernatural ubernatural super duper natural it could be lots of things those are just two alternative hypotheses natural and supernatural the null hypothesis is just it's not that just the, like p or not p there isn't a, like a it's either natural or design. That's not not a true dichotomy. Okay, and another question for you, uh, T-Jump. Why do you claim RNA from clay uh, to be a natural process when it was a directed and a controlled experiment using synthetic and purified materials? Because all natural processes are done by experiments with scientists, which were directed controlled experiments. Like, we, did, we didn't just like we didn't just like watch nature and just see lightning like no we did experiments we built a machine to dry like a lightning rod to see experiment with lightning like humans design things to interact with the environment we didn't design the environment so yeah it is a process done by natural processes even if we built the experiment just like all experiments if i could respond lightly i don't think that's actually true i think that the experiments that they're using are contrived and i don't think that they actually relate to prebiotic earth at all i think that they're basically jerry-rigging naturalism and proving that intelligence is actually needed that that's my personal take gotcha okay let me go ahead and go to the next one um actually i just had it but i don't know where it went Actually, it looks like that that might be the last one, unless somebody has, here we go, a question for Smokey. You say you want to evaluate claims, yet you don't seem to understand that positive claims bear the burden of proof. How do your claims uh, give us a burden? Uh, burden of proof to who? For who? And, you know, you might be a, you might be a cynic masquerading as a skeptic. And you're not able to realistically be convinced of the existence of anything beyond what you can see. So we would have to explore your personal methodology and epistemology to see if you're even a rational human being that could be convinced of anything like that. That's called shifting the burden of proof. Yeah, that's what they all like to say. And we don't just we, I just don't buy that anymore with without it having an argument, because now it's just an assertion. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's all about your position. It has nothing to do with anybody else's ideology. So well, you guys have a position, even though you deny you have it, but no, 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 that's there, fine. Our, no one else's position matters. It's your position. The okay. For your position, <laughs> your so. position doesn't matter. I agree. Yeah, that's how the burden of proof works. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Okay, so moving on from Korag Nightwolf uh, for Smokey. Um, he said, can you ask Smokey that if he is a fallible being and can only establish that a being claiming to be Jesus appeared in front of him? Uh, one more time. Can you ask Smokey that if he is a if he is a fallible being and can only establish yeah and can only establish wait what and can only establish that a being claiming to be Jesus appeared in front of him? Can you establish um, a being claiming to be Jesus appearing in front of you? What if saying. a being the, yeah if a being appeared physically in front of me claiming to be Jesus, I would know it wasn't Jesus. That's simply through through the nature of the claim of what Jesus is. I would know that Jesus was now lying if he was appearing in front of me in physical corporeal form. So that would be incoherent with the expectation of the worldview of the nature of the God claim. TJM, do you have any response to that? Um, I think what he's asking is, is if Jesus appeared in front of you, how would you tell the difference between is it just a delusion or is it... The fact is, that he's you know, appearing in front of me would, would tell me that it's not actually him. I think he was trying to go the other way and say, if you believe in Jesus, how do you show that it's not just your imagination? Uh... Well, that's that's going to be personal validation that no secularist would accept anyway. And, you know, that's, each, that's what he's asking for. That's yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's a, if you really want to know more about that, you're going to have to come to my channel. And that's an unpack session, sir. OK, and another one for Smokey. There are uh, many ways to get. Homo terility, I think that's what they say, it. Um such as via polarizing UV light from stars on asteroids, uh, stereochemical processes, etc. And that is a super chat from stupid. stupid w there you go. Thank you. I'll yeah. let you take those for me. Homo chirality. <laughs> yeah. So that's for uh, Smokey. Do you want to respond sure. to that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, that's just another thing that the naturalists like to do to add improbability on top of improbability on top of improbability so that they can still bet on it that it's somewhat feasible. As long as they think there's a slim chance, just kind of like dumb and dumber, you know, as long as there's a chance, then I'll believe in it. To me, that's just the naturalistic paradigm. That's pretty funny. Like, hey, there's a percent chance this could occur because we have naturalistic explanations for it. And that's better than Improbable a 0% chance of made up stuff that we have no it's evidence. It's not 0%. For. It's your assertion that's 0%. But yeah, the if you've never demonstrated probability, reality, that's, that's zero. Well, that's your arbitrary decision that you have just asserting. No, you don't have a support for that. If you well, no you admit you don't have a support for your worldview. So why are you trying to now claim you do? Because that's how evidence works. Like okay. We, we believe there's no reason to believe in the supernatural because there isn't any. There's no. Okay, let's move evidence. on. <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, let me go ahead and go on. And thanks, James, for sending me the actual super chats now. Yes. Uh, let's see. And these, when I'm trying to, oh, okay, wow. There's a lot, actually. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Okay, so let's go down. Okay, so one from uh, Jungle Jargon. I don't know if TJMB already answered this. I'm just going by it to see. Show how nature making nature is science. What? From T-Jump, show how nature making nature is science. Uh, I don't know what he means by that. Like na nature didn't make nature. Nature is eternal. That's more of the, the hypothesis. It wouldn't nature making nature isn't a thing. I don't know what that means. Well, he's saying like, like, how can you explain the, probably the naturalistic manifestation of life? Abiogenesis, RNA world, like 
I don't think that's what he's asking, but I don't know what that means. Are, are those proven to you, by the way? Are those proven to you in your mind? Uh, nothing is proven in science. It's okay. just inductive. But, but they're strong enough to believe, in your opinion. Uh, they're stronger than any supernatural hypothesis, that's for sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, for Smokey, what is the evidence that a mind can exist without a body, specifically a creator mind? Sure. Go go look up all the evidence that's been pulled on near-death experiences and how consciousness can actually be non-material. Um, I believe it was George Moore and Gary Habernas both co-authored a book delving into a lot of the scientific claims for near-death experiences. And again, these are not the sensation sensationalized ones, which are the ones that I even like to discount and the atheists do too, which are the ones where people, you know, went to heaven and met Jesus. You know, we don't care about those. And those are not the ones that they talk about. They're talking about the ones where people were brain dead or comatose and yet were able to be cognizant and aware of the goings on of things in other parts of the hospital or other parts of the house where they were. These types of seemingly constant worldwide occurrences seem to show that there's some sort of non-material component to our consciousness or or our or basically our, our identity gotcha okay and another question for you smoky do you think that anything happens in reality that doesn't serve the biblical god's goodness if so, aren't we atheists by intelligent design? And this is from Matthew Steele. Yeah, no, that this is a very, very predeterministic Calvinistic question. Would need some unpacking. The short answer is no, I do not believe in any type of Calvinistic predeterministic reality. I believe that we are in an uncertain, improbable universe full of randomness, free will choice, and uh, decisions. And God is operating in a uh, morally passive position in order to maintain his stance of moral righteousness by allowing us to operate in an environment of grace i do have a question this one is from and this is a patreon question from adam elbilia so i want to quick ask this as you're going through the list adam asked for smoky why are you here trying to make the case for the claim that claims don't require a case may a case to be made for them yeah, I don't think I've done anything of the such. That person seems to not be able to follow any of my arguments, so I'm not sure what to do with that. Gotcha. I, we'll kick it back. That wasn't that wasn't super coherent to me, so I'm not sure what to do with that. We'll kick it over to Hunter, and if you uh, all right, go ahead. Do what? <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say if Adam, if you happen to have any clarification in case I screwed that up if, if i butchered that one let me know but i tried to read it as close as i could to what i had read so go ahead hunter okay the next one uh is for t-jump and this is from logical plausible um what is the last name probable probable yeah sorry <laughs> it doesn't show on the screen here um to t-jump who has solved the uh virality problem please tell us uh name names so far there are none I'm aware of. Please back up your claim. There are lots of questions science hasn't answered yet, but we've made Tesla predictions, which don't need to solve every answer. We just need to solve some, which makes it better than the hypothesis that solve none. So we don't, we don't actually need to solve every answer. There's some things we don't know, and that's fine. We can just, as long as we make Tesla predictions, ours is better than yours. Next up, gotcha. we do have a question from John Rapp. In case you hadn't gotten this one, Hunter, I was going to read it just as I know the chat is moving fast. John asks, are theists afraid to bear the proof burden? 
we're the only ones that seem to ever do it. So I don't know how we could be. It's the it's the the naturalists, the atheists that are constantly running. And even though they presuppose naturalism for everything they say and conclude, they never feel they have to prove it. And I find that just really weird. And every time you ask them to, they just scream burden shifting, burden shifting and run away. So I don't know, know really what to do with it. Gotcha. I'll kick it over to Hunter. All righty. And for the next one. Uh, just remember, uh, there was an after show. Uh, thanks again for that super chat, Logical. Uh, for T-Jump, are the laws of logic material or immaterial? Uh, the laws of logic are abstract, so they're they're not material or immaterial. They're just things in our head. If you want to actually like find out what they are, they're just chemical processes in the brain of different associations. So in that way, they're physical, but there's no immaterial anything as far as we know. Gotcha. And another one for T-Jump. Are you aware uh, that logical positivism, sorry, logical positivism has been refuted, um, i.e. that rationally justified arguments count as sufficient evidence for belief? Yeah, I've actually said that specifically earlier in the debate. Like you can have knowledge of things like language and logic without empiricism, which is why I've said many times I'm not a logical empiricist. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, for Matthew Steele. Uh, for T-Jump, uh, he says, I'm also an atheist, and I have to point out that even just start, um, just stating theism is crap carries a more rigorous burden of proof than you than you're saying. Uh, no, it doesn't. Like, if I say all the theist claims are crap, then my burden of proof is to show that theist claims are crap. That's, that's the burden. You think you've facilitated it? Oh, absolutely. Not okay. like we haven't gone through every theist claim in this debate, yeah. but I've gone through all of them in my previous debate, so yes. Okay. Gotcha. And also, let's see, uh, from, and James, this actually might be for you. Uh, this is from Maynard Saves. Uh, it says, I would like to see Ocean Kelto debate the coherency of the Trinity with DD first, um, any takers after that. That would be epic. We haven't had Ocean on in a long time. We would love to have Ocean on again, as he's always fun to listen to and get to talk with. I will see. Darth Dawkins is not as easy to get back on. Tom, you seem to have a good relation with relationship with Darth mm. Dawkins, your father. Is there a way you could help convince him to come back on Modern Day Debate? Uh, I, I'll give that one like a 10%. <laughs> gotcha. He's not happy with us, folks. Not happy. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, Ocean's actually really cool. Um, I don't know how many people would like to see me and him in a boxing match, but we actually talked about it because he boxes and so do I. So that might be a nice little, you know, you know, thing to happen. Maybe we can love it here or something. Anyways, <laughs> going back. And let's see. Also, for James, Logical Plausible says, James, Leophilus and I want to debate. And then going on, Stephen Steen, why is Tom debating his idol? Tom, why are you debating your idol? So uh, My idol? I mean, James? James's sexy body? Thank you. <laughs> that surprised me. I was, where did that come from? Well, I'll take what I can get. Thank you, Tom. And we, yeah, I don't know, Tom. You probably, you saw that, Smokey, I couldn't find your picture in time. It's been a crazy day. We actually put Steven Steen's face there. Very serious <laughs> joke on our part to, to do that to you. But Steven, we hope you're well if you're out there. Nasty guy. Awesome. 
All right. Well, that's all the super chats I have. And so, James, if you want to, you know, take it back over to you, it's all you now because that's all the super chats that I see. Rad. If there are any standard questions, let me know, folks. Thanks for your patience. I've been, I could not thank everybody enough. This is truly the mods. We thank you so much. We thank you to Tom and Smokey so much as we really, this channel is a community channel. It's everybody's channel. And so we really do appreciate everybody making it possible. It's always fun. We have come up with a couple of breakthrough ideas to where I think we will be able to get people where we get a lot of people reaching out saying, hey, we'd love to do a debate. And we're like, absolutely. We'd love to like see what we can do. And we long story short, we found a way to kind of streamline things. So I'm excited for that. We should be having more debates more often. And we are also, like I said, looking to get new people, new topics, and a lot more. Erica will be here. You see on the bottom right of your screen, Erica versus Shadow Dancer. Unfortunately, Shadow Dancer won't be able to make it. However, we do have a replacement debater to take on Erica tomorrow, Gutsick Gibbon. YouTube's favorite daughter, folks. I mean, really. Everybody loves Erica. She's tremendous. So that's going to be a really fun one, having her back tomorrow. And as well as her mystery opponent, who may be closer than you think, folks. But we are really excited. We do appreciate everybody, just how much you you do for this channel. And so thanks for your patience tonight as well with me uh, dropping the ball on a couple of things. So thank you, Hunter, for moderating. Hunter, I forgot to mention... At the very beginning, folks, if you were here, I mentioned at the very start of this debate that Hunter's link is in the description. So if you are like, oh, snap, I can't wait to see more of Hunter. Well, there's plenty more where that came from. So want to say thanks, everybody, for being here. And let me just quick check the chat if there are any other standard questions in addition to the super chats. And I, I did see one that tagged me. Um, let me get that real quick. Is it from Leophilius? Because yeah. I saw that one. Oh, hold on. Good Lord. <laughs> Got to scroll all the way up. We have... Actually... Go I ahead. didn't read the one from, from Leophilius because I have that one right in front of me. Yep. You bet. So, Leophilius, thanks for your question, asks, for Smokey, what parallel precedent or verified phenomena indicates a likelihood that anything supernatural can serve as an explanation um sure i think again a lot of what we have talked about just in general a lot of the chicken and egg problems and the biological and origin of life models you know where seemingly just empty blind faith is being used to fill the gap of what appears to be just as viable of an explanation of intelligent agency you know and for the atheist to say well i'm allowed to maintain this belief and even though i don't know how natural could fill this gap i get to continue to believe it and do so in a justifiable way and i just never feel that i have to you know possess the burden they, they seem to I, i've never seen a justification for the assertion of the idea that naturalism is mo more coherent to explain some of these problems than any type of intelligence. So, I mean, the atheists to me are just playing a game that's really philosophically dishonest so that they can avoid having to ever ju rationally justify their own worldview. Gotcha. Very sassy. And go ahead, Hunter, if you have that question, pardon my interruption. 
No, you're good. Um, actually, uh, I don't have the question in front of me. Um, so that was actually the one that I was looking at too, that I was looking for. <laughs> you got it. So thanks so much, folks. Really do appreciate it. And so I'm going to like jump in here with you. Let's see. You know what I'll do? I just got a, got an idea here. So want to say thanks, folks. We, as mentioned, are in podcast format. So if you love podcasts, well, we hope that that is enjoyable for you. And so, oh no, what have I done? I, I lost, I lost Hunter somehow. Wait, you can see Hunter though, folks, right? So let me figure out whatever I did. I, oh, there it is. Okay. So yes. Thanks so much, folks. We really do. That's embarrassing. Okay. We do appreciate it, folks. It's been a really fun time because of the debaters and because of Hunter. So with that, we will hopefully see you tomorrow night as that will be a human evolution debate, creation evolution style. So that should be a lot of fun. I think this Thursday, let me check. I think we just confirmed it for this Thursday that we are going to have one on whether or not masculine norms in the United States are acceptable. So in other words, like when Tom calls me a beta, is that appropriate, Tom? Really? So all that kind of stuff, toxic masculinity, that should be a really fun conversation. So with that, we hope we'll see you for that one as well. And we hope you have a great night, folks. I'm going to check one last time for any last questions and then we'll, we'll head out. So if I, if there were any, I missed it. So thanks so much, folks. And we hope you have a great night. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.